Hey friends, welcome to the Make Life Matter podcast. I'm Angela Donatio, and each week I share compelling conversations with leading voices. They encourage us to ground our worth in the word instead of the narrative of the world. Together we'll make our lives matter no matter what. Here's this week's episode. Well, welcome back, guys. We are in the swing of season six. Every episode has just been so, so, so great. I hope you're loving it as much as I am. And I'm so excited. I have been waiting all summer to sit down with my guest today. She's been so patient. Her book released a few months ago. But as most of you know, I took the summer off from podcasting and I'm so happy to be back. And so today I'm sitting down with my friend, Rebecca George, and we're talking about her book, Do the Thing. So what is your thing? Surely there's a better way to view it than through this lens of striving and worldly achievement. And as a recovered perfectionist, I get the striving and I'm always, always leaning into conversations that help us know how to do that in a more holistic and biblical way rather than striving to do what God has called us to do. Rebecca George is the founder of Radical Radiance, a podcast community where listeners are equipped to blend what they love with the Jesus who makes them shine. And her new book, Do the Thing, Gospel-Centered Goals, Gumption, and Grace for the Go-Getter Girl, Rebecca helps us to see our gifts and talents from a gospel-centered perspective prioritize goals related to our calling, and overcome negative thought patterns. So welcome, Rebecca. I'm so excited to have you here on the Make Life Matter podcast. Oh, Angela, I am so happy to be with you. This is a long time coming overdue friendship connection. So exactly. it's so fun to get to see you face to face and have a have a chat. So I agree. I feel like I know you, but we've actually never met Same. today. So yeah. So we have so many mutual friends and you know yes. all of that. But I'm just so, so glad to sit down with you. And I love your book. Thank you for your patience and having me and um or waiting for the podcast for over the summer. But we were just saying this is kind of like the second leg because it releases and you have that initial like it's getting out there. But now for the fall, I'm hoping it finds even more listeners that maybe they don't know you. So I want you to talk a little bit about your story and uh, how encouraging others has really become to be your life's passion. Yeah, I, I'd love to answer that question. And I think for me, I always I always. Ugh. I always use the word thread, right? There's a thread that kind of marks our life and how God has wired us to use our gifts and talents for his kingdom. And for me, that's been encouraging women. Now, before I was writing books and had a podcast and things like that, I was discipling college girls on my living room floor in Mm. my college apartment, right? And so it started small for me, but after my college years, My mom went through a cancer journey that, praise God, we're about a decade on the other side of, to the glory of God, she's cancer-free. But after that season ended, God led me to start a ministry that I had for about five or six years where we donated handmade hats and handwritten letters of encouragement to cancer patients all over the country. We did work with St. Jude and MD Anderson and a lot of awesome organizations, and as I began to do that work and realize my own gifts and how I'd use them for his glory, mm-hmm. I began getting opportunities to speak. And so I would I would go share it, let's say a women's retreat or a church event, and I would share what God was doing and how people could get involved. And you'll relate to this, Angela. I think some of the sweetest moments in speaking for me are actually what happens 
after I step off a stage, right? And you get to have those sweet conversations with women. And so I would have these quick conversations where women would come and say something to the effect of, you know, I love how God is at work through your mom's story and what he did as a result of her cancer journey. And I feel like I have my own version of that. I feel mm-hmm. like there's something bubbling up in my heart in a way that I can use my gifts and talents for his glory. And then almost every time they would hush to a whisper or I would sense, you know, maybe it's fear, maybe it's doubt, maybe it's insecurity on their face and something was holding them back. And so we would spend a few minutes just kind of pointing them back to truth and, and what it meant to move forward and what that might look like for them. And so as I began to explore what this first book would be, that felt like the natural first thing Mm -hmm. is encouraging women in that way. And as you know, Angela, there's a lot of uh, narratives out in the world as to how we see our calling, our purpose. And my heart really was to point us back to a more gospel-centered perspective as it pertains to that, because I think the opposite is leaving us really exhausted, really burnt out. And um, I just don't think that's what God has for us. So I'm excited to see how he continues to use the message in the lives of women. I love it. And and there's so much conversation around calling, but you're right. There's a lot, also a lot of confusion surrounding it, or yeah. it just feels like this mystical kind of out there thing. And yeah. you just identified a lot of times our calling is birthed from a catalyst event. Sometimes we find our story other times and often more often our story finds us. And that might not have been a part of the story that you would have written, but you leaned into it and let the Lord use that. And uh, I had a similar situation of nearly losing my life. And then I would go talk about it and people would want to hear more. And that that became part of a book. So, you know, people can look, you can almost reverse engineer and think, well, can I look backwards and figure out, but when someone's on the front end of their calling or they're hearing you and they're just not sure what that looks like for them, one of the ways um, that you describe it or encourage us to see calling is this Venn diagram. So I want you to kind of explain that just a little bit what matters to us, what matters to God and what matters to others. So share how that's kind of the framework that you put around this concept of calling. Yeah, I would love to. I think it gives a little bit of clarity if you're listening and there's some confusion there today. And so we all kind of remember what a Venn diagram looks like, right? There's at least two, sometimes more than that circles that meet in the center. And we're kind of looking for that connection point between all of those things. And so for this Venn diagram, there are three different circles and you beautifully rattled them off a second ago. Mm -hmm. So the first one is kind of brainstorming around what matters to you. How do you feel that God has naturally wired you with gifts and talents that you get to use for his kingdom? What makes you light up, what makes you lose track of time. Mm -hmm. You know, God knit us together in such a way that those things bubble up in our hearts, right? Mm -hmm. And so if listeners just take a moment, they could probably think of a list of things that make them lose track of time or they feel naturally wired for. So that's the first thing we want to brainstorm around. And the second one is what matters to God. So Mm -hmm. what begins to kind of shed a little bit of light on this is to search the scriptures for what matters to God and how does that line up with what matters to you? In our case, we are word girls, we're communicators and that makes us light up and come alive. And, and it matters to God that the gospel continues to go forth and his kingdom continues to spread. And and we, we get to play a role in that God doesn't have to use us, but it, it blesses us to 
use those gifts he's given us, give them back to him in such a way that it gives him glory. And so we can kind of think about how those things might play together and, um, and see how what matters to us also matters to God. The third circle is called what matters to others. And that's where we can begin to think through what are maybe some practical needs that you see in the world, right? Where God has planted your feet today, which is not by accident, right? So you might see um, an opportunity to serve in your local church. You might see an opportunity at your child's school and feel like you're wired to meet that need or whatever it is today. We could probably all think of a couple examples of those. And I think, Angela, if one of those bubbles are missing, I think we've, we've missed part of the equation, right? Mm -hmm. If, if it really matters to other people and it matters to God, but it doesn't bring us any joy, it's, it might not be the thing that we're wired for, right? If it matters um, to us a whole lot and it matters to other people, but it doesn't matter at all to God, Mm -hmm. then we've missed it, right? Our calling ultimately as a follower of Christ is very clear. Jesus made it very clear in the gospels. We are to go and make disciples and, and that original, you know, language, I don't want to get, you know, turn, make a too big of a right turn, but um, that language of, as you are going, like, as you are on your way, go and make disciples. So that expression looks very different in my life and your life and each of the listeners lives. Um, But as we do that, it's it's really neat to explore how God's wired us and how all of those things fit together and how he is, he's desiring to use us in this season. Mm, I just love that because it gives us a, a, like an actual tangible way of, of taking something that can feel kind of out there in the atmosphere and, and, and putting it on paper. And I think yeah. sometimes we think, oh God, if, if, if I give God my talents, God's not going to let me. He's going to make me move somewhere in the middle of somewhere, you know, and for me living in Africa would be a a dream. So that wouldn't be a problem, but for somebody (laughs) else, they might be like, I know that's what he was going to do. And, and, and what you're identifying is he, he wires us a certain way with our strengths, our talents, our gifts. And so knowing that you're just partnering with surrendering what he's already entrusted to you and then seeing how he wants to use that in a greater way. Um, and, and, and it might be injustice. It might be, it could be some myriad of ways. Uh, our big calling is to love God and love people, but how we do that is going to be custom designed and, and knowing that gives us so much freedom not to feel, yeah. uh, bound and not to feel afraid, but to feel like, okay, I I'm, I'm excited about what God w- might be calling me to do. So I just love that diagram. So, so, so helpful. If you don't get anything today, that's going to help you to start right there. So um, some of us are struggling to know where to start. You just helped us so, so much with that. Others of us juggle lots of things. So uh, I consider myself to be a multi-passionate creative. And you talk about that a little bit. It has its rewards and it has its challenges. So Regardless sure. of, of whether someone is listening and they feel like, okay, I'm, I'm on this end of, I'm not sure how to start, or someone's like, I just have too many things going, regardless of how we're wired, how would you recommend us to best steward the gifts and talents that we've been given? Yeah. Yeah. I think no matter which way you swing on that pendulum, maybe you're feeling like you need clarity or you feel that you're all over the place and you're multi-passionate and you, you need some focus. I always remind myself that 
God is the author of time, right? Mm -hmm. He has given us the days that he's, you know, chosen to bless us with here, this side of eternity. He numbers our days. Yeah. And so he's going to grant us the time and the resources to accomplish his will for our lives. And I know that might sound really basic, but if you're needing clarity and needing wisdom, mm-hmm. he he will grant us that. It tells us in James 1, right? Like he he gives us wisdom without reproach liberally when we ask him for that. So if that's you, know that that's available to you. Pray for that. And if you're that woman like me and you, Angela, who feels like we have a lot of balls in the air, sometimes it just causes me to just exhale and remember, man, I need to focus a little more on the character of God and the fact that he actually is the author of time and he actually is the one who is limitless, not me. Right. And I might have a lot of balls in the air, but I might need to prioritize those balls. Mm -hmm. And I can get real prideful about feeling like it's all on me to keep all the balls in the air when in fact it's not. There's a quote in the book that um, I I talk about a lot and it, it seems to bubble up in a lot of conversations, but it says the outcome is his. Yeah. The obedience is yours. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And And that's it. I think whether we're looking for clarity and we feel like the outcome is on us or we've got all the balls in the air and we think the outcome is on us, our job is obeying God. And so with that foundation, I think we can walk into either of those scenarios Mm -hmm. with discernment and wisdom, right? When we ask God for that and we seek clarity. And so that said, it's not easy, right? So there are practical things we can do to to help steward that. I think having a system has really helped me um, mm-hmm. and how I spend my time. I am a paper planner girl. So to get really practical, I don't use, you know, a digital planner. I, I feel like I have to see it on paper, but I'm pretty... Mm-hmm pretty um, structured in how I organize my time because I do have a lot of balls in the air and knowing that um, at least seeing kind of a strategy and how I I feel that I'm supposed to spend my time helps me with that. Mm -hmm. So that's one practical thing that, that I do a lot. Another one would be time blocking. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times I'll sit and think on a, maybe a Sunday evening, walking into my work week, like what are the big chunks of time I need to carve out to do X, Y, or Z. And I'll go ahead and plan that out and kind of pre-decide how I'm going to spend my time as, as much as I can. We don't have control over all those things, but, um, but those are some foundational things I think we need to remember, but then some practical things that, that at least help me move forward with clarity. So. So, so good. So much of that resonates. I just had a retreat for some of my leaders at the church last weekend. And one of the questions was, how do I know if what I think I'm being called to do is really God or just me? And one of the things that you just mentioned came up and that's, that's wisdom, you know, vetting, vetting these decisions. Is that the right timing? Could it be someone else's assignment? Is it something that you need to collaborate with some other people on, which we're going to talk about in a minute. And the other piece of that is peace. If you don't have peace about something, Mm. something's feeling unsettled, you could have wisdom and not have peace or you could have peace, but it's not wisdom. So I think, having those hard conversations with ourselves and others before we get too far down the pike. Um, and, and then just those practical things. I don't think people realize sometimes the amount of discipline it takes to, to steward God's call. Well, 
And what I mean by that is God wants our obedience in giving him our yes, just as much as he does our no, meaning sometimes the, the no is just as important as I can do this. And in order to protect and guard that, I need to say no over here, or maybe it's just not the right time to do it. So, um, and like you said, pride can enter in and we think, yeah, but if I don't, well, then if you don't either God will raise someone else up. And that's also not living in a scarcity mindset to think if I don't do it, I'm not going to have a seat at the table or all that stuff starts to factor in. Yes. And the thing that God has really been challenging me on over the last couple of years is bringing me back to remembering this characteristic about him that I think we sometimes try to take on. And Mm. it's this idea that he, not an idea, it's, it's a reality that he is infinite. Right. And, and so I always bring my heart just back to a heart of worship over the fact that like we serve an infinite limitless God in all of his ways. Praise God for that. The problem is we are not. Yeah. Right. And so we have to add a foundational level live like that's true. Mm. And that's what causes some of those tensions and those rubs that you just explained. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so, so good. And we're going to get into a quote in a second where you talk about a little bit more because all these things matter. Calling sounds excited. Follow God's call on your life. And then you get into it and you're like, what have I done? You know, but all of these things are, are integral and we're not saying don't be paralyzed by fear. Don't like not move forward, but just be aware. That's why this book is so, so, so good. And it's not do all the things. I get a little irritated with these memes and this kind of self-help talk. That's like, you can do everything. No, you you can't first. And secondly, you can do what God calls you to do. And the scriptures that say he's created good works for you in advance. Mm -hmm. So we want to be in alignment with God's heart on us for us. Mm -hmm. And that's where there's going to be the most favor. And we feel just his anointing on our lives and on that season of whatever we might be called to do. That doesn't mean it won't be difficult. So I want to lean into another thing that you bring up and that's kind of the grit or I call it grit. You call it gumption that it's going to take to see this God concept moving to completion. And many of us can get stuck or quit or become discouraged when we hit the grit and the gumption part of things. So talk about that and how to discern when, shoot, did I miss God? Did I, did I mess up here? Should I, should I get out of this or do I need to just keep pushing forward? And this is just a tough season. Yeah. Yeah. I think so many of us feel alone in our calling. Mm. And so when we're entering into one of those moments that requires courage, requires gumption or grit, as, as you kind of described, um, we experience so much doubt because we're living in isolation and, Mm. and we're maybe relying on ourselves too much rather than relying on God. And so that equation leads us to destruction in those moments. And so I think, more than anything, it's reminding us, and and I keep thinking about this in this conversation, but it's the foundation upon which we move forward with gumption that matters, right? Because not only being a part of the body of Christ, we're not alone. Um, I hope and pray that as we walk forward in those moments, we're not physically doing that alone, but mm-hmm. in the spiritual sense, we know um that his Holy Spirit's within us, right? Like we, um, 
we're never walking through one of those hard moments alone. And I'll, I'll tell the very condensed version of this story, but I ran a marathon a few years ago and I was about four miles from the finish line. So like 22 miles in and I was completely exhausted and there's, you know, crowd support on both sides of the streets. And this particular marathon was in support of St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. And I approached this family and there was a girl sitting in a wheelchair. It became pretty clear. I think she was a patient and she was holding this poster in her hands. And the closer I got to her, I began being able to read it. Hmm. And it said the same power that raised Jesus from the grave. Hmm is inside of you. You can Mm. do this. Mm. And I just remember putting one step in front of the other for those four point whatever miles and just saying that biblical truth back to myself. And Angela, I think a lot of Tuesdays are that way. I think a lot of Friday mornings are that way for us where when we're moving forward with courage in the direction that we best know that God is leading us It's remembering like we can do this only because of the finished work of Jesus on the cross, Mm -hmm. only because we're not alone in our calling. We have the Holy Spirit residing in us, the same power that raised Jesus from the grave. It's in you and it's in me and it's in those listening who are followers of Christ. And so that's the only way that I'm able to move forward with gumption, with courage. And so... Um, that might sound overly simplistic, but I think a lot of days we're just not foundationally living as if those things are true, you yes, know? Good. And knowing we can always access the presence of the Lord. So yes. in the middle of something going, wow, this is harder than I thought, or this is take, taking a little bit of a detour, a left turn to just pause anytime. All right, Holy Spirit, I need your wisdom. I need your peace. I need your guidance. Am I supposed to pause? Am I supposed to move forward? Is there someone else you want me to bring into this conversation? Like we're, like you said, we're never just like, well, you started it. Good luck. Hope it goes well. You know what I mean? Like, I think we think sometimes God is up there. And even if we started something and we think, wow, I, this just, I don't think I, I don't think I heard from the Lord. He's gracious. If we're, if our yeah. goal and our intent of our heart, like you said, the foundation is to please him. He's going to honor that. He's not going to yeah. leave us and say, well, you know, you got yourself into this. Good luck getting yourself out. So yeah, if our intent was always to try to, to, to lean into what his heart is. That's why I love your whole approach is being God centered, not just, we'll go have goals and just go, you know, go win the world, but like to really get God's heart as the foundation and to continue to get God's heart, especially when things get hard. I think that's the key, get God's heart when things get hard and they will. Mm -hmm. Don't think that just because you see Rebecca out there doing the things or whoever else you might follow on Instagram, there are moments it gets hard. There are moments where we're not sure if we're mm-hmm. right. And so, um, and we have those people around us that we draw from. And I want to lean into that for a second, which is this yeah. value and beauty of collaboration. You've already mentioned it. Like you're not doing this alone. First and foremost, we have the Holy Spirit. So what a beautiful picture of that marathon and kudos to you, by the way, for running a marathon. But you talk about illuminating the talent around us. I phrase it this way. If you want favor in your life, so favor into the lives of others. Don't live in that Mm. scarcity mindset. Open the door for someone, pull out a chair. And I mean, tangibly making space for others, especially if we're talking about conversations with women is, is not being, um, 
not seeing other women as a threat and not yes. seeing other women as our competitors, but to, to really, truly want to see others. Um, and to find others who have different talents and strengths than you. And so why is collaboration? I use the word collaboration. You talk about co-laborers. Why is that in the kingdom so important? And how can we move the needle more from competition to genuine collaboration for kingdom purpose? Yeah, man, I think it's all in the way that we think, which is back to what we've been, you know, talking about in this whole conversation. But you know, we're all on this path as followers of Christ together, hopefully walking in the same direction. And I think many times we begin to create a hierarchy or special clubs that are hard to get into or whatever that like God never, God never created those things. And I just think back to the women who early on in in my writing and speaking pulled up a chair for me or Mm -hmm. looked behind them and grabbed, grabbed onto my hand. And a a term I'll use often is those women taught me who I wanted to be when I grew up. Right. And so I think when we truly see the fact that we're all on the same journey together to bring God glory, to use our gifts to their full extent. We realize in those moments where that again gets hard, um, that we're on the same team, Yes, right? Like before I signed a book contract, I, I had many a friend who got to write a book that was traditionally published before I did. Right. That wasn't my book to write. Right. And praise God that he sent a messenger with like the heart and the and the wisdom to tackle that topic. And that's a win for the kingdom. That's it. And that will never not be a win for the kingdom just because it wasn't my project. That's it. Right. And so for listeners who aren't writers, but you're in another space of ministry or whatever, like take that sentiment and we can translate that to anything, but that has to be our attitude, Mm -hmm. right? A a win for the kingdom of God will never not be a win for the kingdom of God to use Mm -hmm. improper English. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think that's, that's gotta be our attitude in our heart. You know, it's yeah. It starts with attitude. I'm thinking of Paul, as you're saying that they're coming to him saying, would you know, this is happening and this is happening. And he says, listen, it doesn't matter if Christ is being preached. That's the main thing. And yes. the attitude of competition is very, it's very earthly. It's not a biblical concept. And so going back to heart attitude, do I have the heart attitude? And it can be difficult. You want a baby and everyone else around you is having a baby. You yeah. want to get married and everyone else around you is getting married. You want a book contract and everyone. I know these are difficult things to celebrate, genuinely celebrate for others, but you hit on something so crucial. It then it's, it's either not God's intent for you right now, or he's got another assignment for you. And that's to, right. To hold those assignments loosely. Um, yeah. and, and I just think that's so crucial. And to just speak life into others. One of my first ministry experiences moving out here into Virginia, we've been in ministry now for 30 years, pastored in the same area. I remember attending an event, Rebecca, and I was like a young pastor's wife. I'd moved from Missouri. Nobody, we were youth pastors then, like nobody knew us. And I remember sitting at a table with all these seasoned pastor's wives and just Mm -hmm. thinking, oh, I'm going to like, number one, meet some friends. I mean, you think Mm -hmm. hopefully, and then I'm just going to glean some of their wisdom. And and I kid you not, not a single one of them 
spoke to me except one at the table. One oh, Angela, that breaks my heart. It breaks my heart, but it had, it was a catalyst for me to think, okay, well, I'm going to, I'm going to host a table differently than that. And I'm going to, and if there's not a table, we're going to create a table. We're like, going to make a table. We're going to make the table. And, yeah. and I mean, you know, maybe those women were just having a rough day. I mean, I don't yeah. want to cast aspersions. I've been in ministry my whole life. Sometimes you go to those events, you're just worn out. I, I'm not trying yeah. to be judgmental. I'm just saying, sadly, this con- competitive, and I'm not even say it was competition. I just think it was just, they were just not even focused on the fact that I, that I was new and maybe just could have used a little bit of mentoring. Yeah. So a couple people did step into that space and mentor and come alongside and have been longtime friends, but it just, it goes to show that number one, we have to step outside of our own, um, not only comfort zone, that's not even the word I'm looking for, but like just our self-absorption that we have so mm-hmm. many things going on that we're not always aware and being cognizant of God has done something in your life. You can, you can pay it forward. You can sew it forward. I just came back on it from a trip to Africa with seven other leaders that I brought female leaders. And one of the, my favorite things beyond the ministry that was taking place was conversations within the van of like, how do you do this? What's worked better for you? Is this better than this? Should I buy that domain name? What do you recommend about this? What's worked on your table? And like, there was no like, well, if I share my best secrets, somehow, somehow the kingdom is, you know, like you said, a win for the kingdom is a win. Yeah. And a win yeah. for Rebecca is a win for me because it's a win for yes. them. So if our mindset is kingdom, then we can hold those things loosely. Yes. And I also want to say that I fully recognize that the unsanctified part of us will find this to be difficult to choose. Mm. And that's okay. Yeah. And in those moments, we have about Mm. five seconds to choose ultimately to obey. Yeah. And, and to one of my friends uses the term, um, like walk around with confetti in your pockets. Yeah. Ready to choose that because if not, the default in our flesh will be the opposite many times. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So, like, let's pre decide how we're going to see those recognitions of God at work in our fellow sisters in Christ in those moments. So, that, that just so matters. Good. That so is much so, so, so good. I'm actually leading a table talk at the retreat that you and I were talking about a few minutes ago. And it's on having genuine, authentic relationships, finding your tribe oh, I and, love that. and, and stop seeing co- competition, but collaborating. And I just, I might just come with a bunch of confetti. And Do it. Like, <laughs> how can we walk around with confetti in our pockets? I mean, honestly, it's probably Jenny and some others. And I know that talk use that kind of language, but it's so crucial that that yeah. is our minds that we're actually looking for opportunities I was at a at an event in Africa where we had helped to um, start an education initiative. I had partnered with the university. I'd partnered with the president, um, someone who who has ministered in Africa for many years, and my superintendent's wife, who's never been to Africa. With any one of the four of us not in the equation, that education initiative would not have launched. It took mm. all four of us to do it. And then I wanted to see the women have regalia to wear that day, although there wasn't the funds. So it was not a huge amount of money. I just wanted to provide the regalia for them to, to wear. And then the student speaker acknowledged the woman sitting next to me as the one who had gifted them with the regalia. 
And I mean, it's a big auditorium we're in. And the woman started to like, oh no, it like it wasn't her. And I just, I gently touched her hand. I said, it doesn't matter. Like a win for the kingdom is I don't, I just just want them in regalia. I just want them to be celebrated. I just want them to move forward in their education and their call of God. I don't need the recognition that I bought the regalia who cares. So she was just being gracious to honor me in that moment. But what I'm saying is if we can honestly get to a place of having that, and you're right, it's not all the time. Our flesh creeps up. We're going to have our moments where we're like, I'm really trying to celebrate you. And I'm really having a hard time. Yeah. like just to keep moving that forward with the Lord and, uh, and asking, like, give me relationships in my life that are generally soul filling mm-hmm. so that then I, I don't have this void that I'm operating from because it's yeah. really hard to throw confetti, Rebecca, when we're just living in a, and just even a lack of genuine friendship and people yes. are celebrating us. I've had the joy of serving the same church. I have those women that have my back, good, bad, ugly, bad days, the whole nine yards. But when you are being stretched into new circles or people who don't know you, you, you may not have that luxury. So you always yeah. have to find people that are the con- confetti throwers for you. You know what yeah. I mean? So that, yeah. all right. So I could talk to you all day because we have the same kindred spirit, but yes, um, I don't always do this, but I have like a hundred quotes. I love of yours. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to do a rapid fire quote round where I just okay. a quote and you just say one or two things about it. Cause we all want to make our lives matter. That's what we're talking about. That's right. Everything gives us so much wisdom. So here's a rapid fire round about a couple of memorable quotes. And then I'm going to close with a question that I always ask my guests. So scrappy gets us past the start line. Intentional helps us endure the hard days. Mm, I think this is a good moment of like business wisdom, right? Okay. Sometimes when we get started in something, it requires us to be scrappy particularly the story I'm telling in the book is when I started my podcast and I didn't use the mic that I use now when I first started podcasting. Right. And, and there's a moment for that. And then there's a moment to choose intentionality, right. When we realize like, man, God is blessing this. Let me give my best yes to that and, and invest in that for the future. And so, um, again, it's a wisdom conversation that I think we have to walk through with the Lord as he leads us in that way. That's so good. And don't not start, even though it has to be scrappy. Start yes, scrappy, that's right. right. Yeah. I hear you that's saying right. that. Like as it grows, you can be a little more intentional, but don't be embarrassed if it has to be scrappy. God will bless what you start and do it with excellence. Do whatever you can to do it with excellence. But I love that. The root of my striving has more to do with the condition of my heart than the length of my to-do list. This might be asking for a friend, just, just saying. Yeah. Yeah. I love this one. And I, as an achiever personality, I struggle with this a lot and I have to surrender this a lot and remembering that it is not all on me or up to me to accomplish God's will for my life. He is at work in and through me as we've talked about. And I would just, again, would bring that reminder that our job is obedience Right. It's not the outcome. And so we entrust that to the Lord in those times. So, so, so good. One of my grad school papers, I had to, we took a million of those tests, the strength finders, the, the, I mean, I took like 10 tests in that semester, compiled it all into like a personal growth plan. And one of them was what you're talking about. Achiever was very high. And I wrote in my, in my paper, like 
the achiever both fuels and frustrates me mm. because it's just, it drives, you know? And so that's yeah. good because it'll keep you going and it'll get you, it'll get fuel under you, but you do have to be aware when it turns into striving and that yeah. striving is not God's heart for us. And so yeah. your to-do list will never be to done. So you just no. have to recognize that's an internal heart posture to step away and saying, I'm obedient. I was that's surrender in itself. That's surrender. Right? That's surrender. That's the, and that's the that's the dirty little secret that we all don't want to talk about. But surrender is the is the currency in the kingdom. That's that's yeah. what he's asking is obedience and surrender. And you will always live in a place of of feeling fulfilled in your call when you're obedient, even if you feel like someone else is running faster mm-hmm. than you. It's okay. Mm-hmm. It's not a it's not a race. It's not a race. Yeah. It's the race that's marked up for you. So last rapid fire, you kind of leaned into this a minute ago. Limits allow us to lean on God and his strength as our primary source of fuel. So talk about limits because some people teach, oh, you can do everything, but limits are not a bad thing. Yeah, no. And I'll take a quick peek behind the veil and say that this book in some ways my prayer is that it's the answer to a lot of the noise that we've seen in the calling purpose space. Now, I don't have to give you book titles. I don't have to give you whatever for you to know what I'm talking about (laughs) that we've seen come out in the world in the last decade or so. And a good bit of that messaging at its core in my, in my mind goes back to our limits. And and actually we do have limits and we do have very real capacity. That is another thing that we have to surrender to God and obey his leading and wisdom when he tells us to say yes or to say no. And sometimes more importantly, when we have to say no. And so um, again, I think we have to think back and have that foundational remembrance of the fact that God is, is infinite. He is the limitless one and we are not and living like that's true in the moments where that's hard. That's when kind of the rubber meets the road with, with that one. And that can be hard for us achievers. At least it is for me. And that's something I'm reminding myself of often. So, so good, but honoring your body, honoring the limits that you know, are, are there and, um, and recognizing that God can work within that, within the fallen world that we live in. Yeah. Um, he is still limitless. He can do more in one minute that we can do in a year if he's in it. So yeah. staying in that posture of surrender and seeing what he can do with a surrendered life. Um, it's, it's the greatest adventure. So I could not agree more yeah. Rebecca. So Rebecca is going to pray for us in just a moment. Um, Rebecca, I like to ask one last question and then I'm going to invite you to pray and let everyone know how they can get a copy of do the thing and connect with you. But we've talked about this God centric approach to goals, to gumption, not just kind of living for self, but living for kingdom. So with that in mind, other than Jesus, who is that person in the Bible that most inspires you to make life matter? The one that just knee jerk came to mind is Nehemiah man Mm. in the old Testament. I love the story of just his obedience in going and rebuilding the wall of Jerusalem in spite of the discouragement and distraction that comes Mm. for him as he's, as that's taking place. And I think our lives are so full of both of those things as we're pursuing our own callings. And I love how on mission he stayed in the midst of that assignment. And so I'm just super encouraged by that. Every once in a while, I'll just go reread the book um, as just a reminder to myself. 
So, so good. So much great leadership material in there and just yeah. obedience material. And that was a hard task. It was driven by a God-given passion. Like we started today, this burden that he had to see it rebuilt. He did have opposition. He faced discouragement. It was tough. It was grit. It was gumption. So that kind of is, a. am not surprised because that's really a, a beautiful <laughs> example of really your whole book of do the thing. So how do you want people to connect with you, get a copy of the book? If you already have it, I'm sure she would love to hear of what it's done to encourage you and bless you. But tell us how to do all the things to get do the thing. And then I would love for you to pray for us. Sure. Well, I am the most active over on Instagram. My handle is at Rebecca George author. I'm a CCA Rebecca and you can go listen to the radical radiance podcast wherever you like to download your podcasts. And if there's something that resonated with you in this conversation, we actually did an individual episode on every chapter of the book and all of those have released. So as you walk through, do the thing. If you want kind of a little bit more of a guide, you're welcome to listen to those. There's also video content that comes free with your purchase of the book. And um, so I pray that that blesses you as well. And so, yeah, I'd love to close this out in prayer. Um, God, we thank you so much for just your word and what it teaches us about how we can use our gifts and talents that you've lavished on our lives for your glory. And I pray that for each person listening, that you would just enable them to see that in a fresh way, to follow you and obey in whatever direction that you're leading. I pray that you give wisdom and discernment where that is needed um, as folks are taking next steps of faith. And God, we just thank you for your character and the fact that you're immutable, you're unchanging, you're limitless. And um, we get to live as if that's true, as we make decisions that sometimes are hard and, and you give us your discernment to do that. And we thank you for that. And so we ask all these things in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining the conversation. If you've been inspired to make life matter, share a review and subscribe at cpnshows.com or anywhere you listen to podcasts so you don't miss an episode. Connect with me at angeladenadio.com, Facebook at Angela Donatio VOV, and Instagram at Angela Donatio. Until next week, let's make life matter.